0: Hello and welcome to The Green Startup. I'm your host, Hannah, and this is episode three uh, with the amazing Cass. Uh, Cass is the co-founder of Parley Baskets along with her mum. And if you don't know Parley Baskets, well, you're in for a treat. They are one of my Favorite additions um, to my home decor and my everyday life, and I take them everywhere. Um, and you, I, I'm sure, no doubt, you'll you'll um, you'll love them as well. Um, Pali baskets are made from repurposed, recycled uh, materials in Myanmar. And Cass, the crazy basket lady, or the basket case, <laughs> uh, she has a really interesting. Um, Amazing story, and what I love about Cass is just her enthusiasm and passion for adventure and for trying things and and exploring and and taking on challenges. And I think you'll find um, this chat super inspiring. Um, I always find Cass to be not only an absolute delight but an absolute inspiration. Um, so I really hope you enjoy this conversation um, with Cass from Parley Baskets. And for those of you who haven't checked it out yet, um, I recommend checking out the local green pages, um, the Australian online directory for local sustainable products and things. So if you like Pali Baskets or uh, Flair Street made by you, our other guests, there's loads of um, loads of different brands on there. So definitely check it out. And I have to apologise because I bought a new microphone for this episode and the sound quality on my end isn't great because, alas, I didn't plug it in properly. Um, So I'll have that fixed up for next episode, but luckily you can hear um, all of Cass's story super clearly, um, which doesn't take away from the episode. So I hope you enjoy. And here is Cass from Parley Baskets. Hello, Cass. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Hannah. Nice to be here.
0: <laughs> I am. Um, I'm so excited to have you on here. Um, when I started the podcast, you're someone that I had automatically in mind um, that I wanted to get on get on here um, because I know you fondly as the crazy um, basket lady. <laughs> That's me, basket case. They call me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Um, and for those people listening, um, you, uh, you and your mum, um, have a, a business called Pali Baskets and do you want to take it away and just tell us a bit about Pali and a bit about yourself and, um, your own, your own journey to Pali?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'm Cass, and, um, I'm 27. And I love to travel and I think that, you know, I got that from my mum because we were always travelling when we were younger, which was very lucky. Um, Yeah, and we just both love it. We love exploring, you know, we love art and design and different cultures and, you know, I guess that kind of set the foundation for where we are today. Um, And when I was in New York, actually, maybe about five years ago, Um, I was wandering through Brooklyn and the thrift shops there are incredible and the vintage pieces were amazing and I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, this would be an amazing idea for a business. I can just fly around the world and collect, you know, vintage pieces from all around the world and bring them back to Melbourne and sell them and kind of that's when I first started thinking about, oh, okay, well, I love to travel. Like how can I have a business that – sustains that and kind of gives me an excuse to travel almost, you know. And then I think Nasty Nasty Girl um came out on Netflix like a few years later. And I'm like, I relate to you so much. I'm like, yeah, so that was kind of fun. And you know, I still kind of work on that project, but um Pali's just kind of taken over now. So yeah, Teleport Vintage, which is what that little project was called, has kind of been pushed to the side and Yeah, here we are with Pali. And I guess Pali started in Myanmar um, in the marketplace. Mum was actually travelling there with her partner and, you know, we were kind of talking backwards and forwards over Messenger as you do. And, you know, she's like, oh, I'm going to the market today. Like, you know, see what I'll find for you. Um, This is a gift almost because, you know, I love, you know, knickknacks from overseas. Um, And she sent me a picture of this basket and it was beautiful and it was kind of box, boxy shape and made out of pallet strapping, which is that stuff that goes around packing boxes. And, yeah, I just fell in love. And she's like, I love them too. And all the locals use them, um, you know, male and female, you know, of all ages um, for anything, you know, mainly fresh produce and at the market, but everyone had them and kind of we hadn't seen them before, anything like this. Um, so mum's like, I'm going to bring it home a few. And so that's what she did. She ditched her luggage essentially and um, bought home 30 baskets. And when she arrived or when they arrived, I'm like, these are amazing. And we didn't really have a plan. I think we were more thinking for... Christmas presents in the beginning that you know we love them and you know they'd be great gifts for people or they'd be great shopping baskets instead of those I can't even remember what we were using before actually like maybe those green um, supermarket bags Gosh it seems like a distant memory I can't even remember life <laughs> before baskets <laughs> um, I think th- I think that was it um, but yeah so. Yeah, we had 30 of them and, you know, we kind of like going to the farmer's markets. So mum and I kind of had this idea that it's like maybe let's approach a farmer's market and see if like we can get in and, you know, sell a few baskets. And so we did. Um, we contacted the Bayside Farmer's Market, which is down Sandringham Way. And sent them a picture of the baskets and, you know, where they're from. And we're like, oh, you know, we got them at a market in Myanmar, in Burma. And they replied and said, oh, we don't usually have, you know, anything that's kind of not food or fruit and veg or, you know, there's some plants. But, you know, we love the baskets. So why don't we, you know, give them a go? And so off we went to the Bayside farmer's market and we <laughs> sold all of them. And we just looked at each other at the end, like just shocked. And we're well, not really shocked because they're beautiful, but just, I don't even know like how we even got there, but um, everyone loved them. And, you know, they love the fact that, you know, they're from Myanmar and they're made from pallet strapping, which, you know, we assumed was recycled, um, you know, but needed to find out more about that. Um, But also loved how durable they are because, you know, they hold 10 to 12 kilos in the larger size. So, you know, they're just the perfect shopping basket. Mm. And kind of that's how we started. And then we kind of looked at each other, you know, after that and um, kind of said where to now? What do we do with this? Like, and we kind of didn't really have a plan, but, you know, I said to mum, I'm like, I would love to go to Myanmar because she raved about it. She said the country's beautiful, the people are beautiful, the food's beautiful, the weather's beautiful, just, you know, like a hidden gem, essentially. And mm. so I was like, okay, cool, let's just go back. And that's what we did. And then that was two and a half years ago. And here we are.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you really you, you've almost touched on like a goldmine, really, in a sense. And and I, I guess I wanted to ask about like what your perspective is on how, because I know for so many people, so many people wanting to start businesses, it's it can be really difficult to find that thing that they're supposed to do or that they feel like um, you know is going to be a, a good um, business and have a good model. And I guess I'm wondering like what your thoughts are about how how it came to be for you do you think it's about you know going to a place that lots of people don't visit and having that kind of courage and like foresight to see the best in that place and you're like what do you think it is that helps you and others find that that gold mine in a sense
1: yeah for sure well I think we kind of had a an unfair advantage if you will because we happen to find a beautiful product um, in a country that no one really goes. So I feel like we hadn't really seen it before because, like, no one really goes to Myanmar. And I think that's, you know, due to a lot of political issues that are happening um, that, you know, sometimes you hear about, sometimes you don't. But a lot of people are deterred from going to Myanmar. So I think we are very lucky in that sense. Um, but that's not, you know, overly achievable. I think that you can't just, you know, expect that you're going to, you know, I don't know, go to a country and find something that, you know, no one's ever seen before. Or, you know, if you want to find something, it's just like, you might just be on a wild goose chase forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess mm-hmm. that's, you know, bringing back to, you know, if you do want to start a business, I guess, you know, what, what do you want to achieve out of it? And, you know, what do you love to do and, you know, what are your goals and what's going to make you happy? And I guess for us, it was traveling and adventure and taking a bit of a risk and also not really going in with the mentality that this is going to be a huge successful business that's going to take over the world. Like it was more a project, if you will, that, you know, mum and I could do together and, you know, the rest is kind of history. Like um, I was still working at a cafe at the time. And, you know, I studied graphic design as well. So I'm like, I didn't just stop everything to kind of go on this venture. And I think that's really important because I think that we've grown Um, organically because we didn't go in with that mentality to kind of take over and be this huge big thing. Like it kind of happened organically because we just, you know, we went with it and we have enjoyed the whole process.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think it's when it is so much when you have the passion and the enjoyment and I know it's super obvious and lots of people say it but it is so true that when you follow that the path of the things that bring you joy it does tend to unfold or come together in these really magical unexpected ways
1: yeah absolutely
0: mm. um you did touch on the the pallets so the baskets are made from recycled pallets i thought maybe it could be good for you to um tell us a bit about the the palette aspect and the repurposed plastic and and maybe some other pieces i'm sure you've got had lo- lots of questions about you know, how it serves the community and the um, ethics around the baskets. And, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing, I guess, you know, when we had the 30 baskets in the beginning,
0: we didn't really know,
1: um, anything about them. You know, we assumed that the pallet strapping was pallet strapping just by knowing what the material looks like, um, And we also assumed it was reused because it was kind of discoloured in areas or some of the tapes had like printing on the inside. So we kind of assumed that it was upcycled, but that's what we wanted to find out where we're like, all right, all right, let's go find out more about these baskets and what they're made out of and, you know, you know, where are they made even like, you know, there's, you know, people selling them in the markets, but like, are they making them themselves or, you know, are there villages that specifically make the baskets? So I guess that's what we did when we went to Myanmar, you know, we found an English speaking interpreter and a driver and pretty much we'd been emailing backwards and forwards being like, Hey, like we want to find out more about these baskets And they kind of didn't really know what we were talking about because, you know, they're classically tour guides, essentially. So, you know, they're like, oh, well, okay, you want to see the basket weaving? And we're like, yep, okay, we'll go with that. And, you know, we got off the plane (laughs) and met these two lovely Burmese men. And just fast-forwarding a little bit, like, we are so lucky that these two men are the men that picked us up because they are – like more than we could ever have asked for. Like they're our family now and they were just the perfect people for the job. Um, mm. So yeah, they picked us up and we went around to our first village and, you know, the fact that they could speak Burmese and English, you know, we started talking to the artisans and, you know, found out more about the weaving process and how the baskets are wo- woven. And I guess, The pallet strapping material, um, they told us, had been collected off the streets and gutters, um, and that's pretty amazing, but, you know, Myanmar is a country full of rubbish, you know, you kind of – it's actually a lot better now, you know, a few years on, um, which is nice to see how the streets have kind of cleaned up a bit, but – Originally, that's how the whole process started because um, people would collect the discarded pallet strapping out of the streets and gutters from, like, packing industries mainly and, like, factories. Mm. And, you know, as a pretty poor country, they are extremely resourceful in a lot of ways. So, that's how they started weaving baskets out of this material because it was everywhere, for one, and, B, it's a super strong material. So, That's kind of the reused component. Um, But then we also found that in the villages there was rolls of tape and we're like, okay, well, that's a whole roll of tape. Like surely you can't find a whole roll in perfect condition out of the gutters. And what we found out is that plastic bottles were being recycled into this tape which, again, kind of made a lot of sense because, you know, Myanmar being a poor country, like, any opportunity for, you know, jobs in, you know, for people with, like, lower socioeconomic status, um, you know, kind of there was jobs created there. And so people were going around the streets collecting plastic bottles and other plastics and then actually selling it to the factory, Mm. which then used... You know, that material to recycle into the tape.
0: Mm. Which yeah, is that, pretty amazing. <laughs> so amazing. It's so awesome when you see I mean, what we actually can achieve if we if people put their mind to repurposing and recycling. Like Oh, it,
1: absolutely,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it's all it's all possible. It's just actually doing it. Um Yeah, so that that's really cool. What was it like when you first walked up to the village with your interpreter and you're like, Hi, oh we want to want to buy lots of your baskets <laughs> oh it,
1: it, it was like that it was surreal like the whole thing happened so quickly and I'm like how did we even get here that we're like in a car with two Burmese men driving around to random villages you know it was, it was also surreal and you know when we drove into the village for the first time I'm like I guess to describe it as best I can like pretty much like rattan and like bamboo huts almost, you know, like, but like exquisitely made because the Burmese, like going back to the resourcefulness, like are extremely crafty. And, you know, these bamboo and rattan huts, if you will, were like, yeah, incredible, but, you know, dirt roads, um, children playing in the street, it was like nothing I'd really ever experienced before. And then, you know, to 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 get out of the car and to walk into the first village and meet everyone and, you know, they're kind of looking at you like, whoa, like you're not from here. Like they probably haven't seen definitely no tourists and, you know, definitely, you know, no Caucasian people before and definitely no, like women even, like the Caucasian women. Like so – yeah, it was just this mutual, like, bizarreness, if that's even a word. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was just, yeah, it was crazy, Um, you know, Mm. and then, you know, they're pulling out their baskets and, like, showing us the different sizes and, you know, they weave in their houses, essentially, and kind of everyone in the village kind of weave together. And, yeah, it was just bizarre and you know, we had a pretty specific idea in mind of what kind of baskets we would like. And I guess a little bit of a hurdle there is that not every village we went into had kind of the quality or the colours or the styles that we wanted. And Mm. that was really hard, you know, because we didn't want to get their, you know, hopes up essentially that, you know, we were going to, you know, provide heaps of business for them. So I guess the way we got around that was buying like little collections of baskets as we went, as we mm. went around to the villages mm. and, you know, found out more information about where other villages are. And, mm. yeah, so that was pretty How many do
0: you think you went to?
1: Um, maybe about six. Yes.
0: And
1: um, we kind of hit a bit of a roadblock where, you know, mum had seen one style or one basket of this one style, which I think, hadn't you've got that style, the passion fruit basket. Mm-hmm. And, she had seen one walking around Myanmar and we're like, we have to find this specific you're basket. You're like, basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, and we're showing, you know, we're showing the people in the village like a photo of these baskets and they're like, we have no idea what you're talking about essentially. Like we don't weave this style. We don't know who does weave this style. And we're mm. like, oh, like where is it? And mm. I guess we had to keep going around to markets and like, shopping and going and seeing if anyone had baskets for sale and, and <laughs> going and talking to them, getting some information and, you know, but they didn't want to give us information because they wanted to, us to buy baskets from them. And I'm like, yeah. fine, like, we can do both. So yeah. that's kind of what we did. It was just like, you know, a bit of a trade-off. It's like, we'll buy some baskets for you, from you and get some, you know, information about other villages. And, Yeah, we met one guy in one of the busy markets in Mandalay in Myanmar and, you know, he actually funny story no we actually were on TripAdvisor and we're going through pictures of the markets all around (laughs) Myanmar and we saw this guy who had the basket stall and we saw like a sneaky passion fruit basket as we now call it like in the corner like this guy's got the baskets (laughs) so (laughs) so off we went and this market is huge I'm talking like five blocks squared and like multi-level like this massive massive market and we're like how are we going to find this one guy in this market and yeah I guess that's what we did we wandered around the market in like 35 degree heat and we found <laughs> the guy and we didn't see any of the style but we knew it was the guy because you know we, we saw him and we're like, that's the same guy as the picture like the stall looks the same and so we went up and spoke to them, Well, Nye, our translator, went up and spoke to him and showed him the picture of him on TripAdvisor, being like, this is your stall. We want this basket. <laughs> and he just looked at us so blankly, like, why are you people? Like, what? <laughs>
0: and what?
1: I'm like, what? Like, oh, like, what's so special about this basket? Yeah. And, so, and same thing, he was really friendly. Like, you know, I've, I've still got photos of him with, like, just this ginormous smile, like, super friendly but also wasn't necessarily willing to give up information, like straight <laughs> off the bat. So bought some baskets of him as we learned that's what to do. And yeah, we got a phone number and he's like the village that makes those baskets is five and a half hours in that direction. And like pointed into the abyss and we're like, wow, five and a half hours. And, we just oh my God. To other. and we're like, we're like, Oh, what if we get there and it's not the village and like what do we do but like what if it is and we're like we made the de- decision to go and oh my god just, oh my gosh it was crazy and you know we're driving for five and a half hours and you know nice explaining about you know the sites that we're going past which you know it's pretty much mm-hmm. um you know a lot of nothingness a lot of crops like real rural not too much going on um but a nice chance to get to know the boys, I guess. Like and then we took a left turn into what looked like a village and we were kind of driving in for about ten minutes and like the anticipation is booty. And we're like <laughs> Will the baskets be there? <laughs> Will the baskets be there? Is this it? And yeah, we pull into this house and meanwhile Nye's on the phone being like, which house is it? Like, where are you in the village? and which is pretty cool. They have phones in the first place, like a pretty new thing actually for them. Um, but yeah, in we went and we got out of the car and we walked up the steps to this beautiful like two-story bamboo hut and we just saw one of the baskets in the corner and oh my gosh, that feeling are <laughs> like we made it. <laughs> That's, like, it. This is crazy. Like, oh gosh, it felt like. It felt like two years of looking for this basket, and yeah, we, we, we found it. We found the village, and
0: oh my yeah, God. there we go!
1: <laughs>
0: Amazing. Um, that's so cool. I can't. Even, uh, yeah, I can't even imagine that feeling. What that felt like. So exciting. But that's that's the adventure, isn't it? Like you're, yeah, it's like you're uncovering it. You've just found a treasure chest, or or something like that. That's awesome. Um, oh,
1: absolutely.
0: I'm wondering about, um, so this community, I know that you've got a really amazing relationship with the community and I think it's really important to, to speak about um, or for you to speak about, yeah, your relationship with the community and how it how Pali um, actually supports and, and provides for these this community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, you know, going back to that first trip to Myanmar, we kind of didn't really think about it too much like we were just so caught up in the whirlwind of like the adventure and like what even are we doing here (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. that um you know we're like we love these baskets we want to buy them and you know when it kind of got down to the nitty-gritty and we started you know we found our suppliers like I think we had two villages to start with um and you know sitting down and talking about prices of baskets and you know they gave us a price and we put in an order and you know kind of at at first we're like you know this is the you know the biggest you know order that they've ever gotten so like you know this is extremely helpful and great for them and it was kind of only maybe after the first delivery came I'm like oh I wonder how much you know how much this really supports the community and like where does this money go and so they were kind of the questions that we asked next and you know with the help of our interpreter he's like okay well you know the basket price is. You know we kind of say double the price that um, that the villagers sell to locals, which is a start. And then also kind of figuring out like where that money goes. And we found out that you know not only does it support the day to day lives of these people, like you know food and you know all that, but also helps them build roads and helps them set up electricity and, you know, things like that that we take for granted and, you know, also things that they kind of didn't really have too much assistance um, from the Burmese government. Um, So, like, you know, the things that we take for granted, just like basic necessities and, you know, daily life stuff, you know, this money was helping. And, you know, so that's kind of where we've gone, like, okay, well, what else can we do? And, you know, two and a half years down the track, like, we've really thought about how how we can help more as opposed to just the basket price, you know, which is already supporting them. But, you know, now we donate to the local primary schools and you know, now we also support our interpreter and his whole family and, you know, helping putting his brothers through school and, you know, helping support um, our driver as well and his family and just, you know, trying to widen the people that we help as much as possible. And, yeah, Yeah. so that's kind of been a bit of an aim for this year. And, you know, even just thinking about, like, you know, extra – you know extra help and extra money that can go back to them like you know as we grow and grow and as we sell more baskets like you know essentially the more baskets we sell the more we can help and you know i've even been looking really into orphanages and you know disadvantaged you know people in the wider community and like how can we help them so i guess it's like an ongoing
0: mm.
1: mission if mm. you will and mm now that we're up and running it's like we can kind of look into that more you know because at the the beginning we're like all right we don't have a brand we don't have a platform to sell any of these on like those kind of those questions on how we're helping and how we can help more kind of you know kept kept being pushed to the side because we weren't really established yet so it's nice that those things are kind of coming to the surface now
0: Mm. yeah that's awesome that's so cool um I wonder what is it like, like when you order, say. I mean, I don't know what your how orders how big your orders are, but they sound big. (laughs) Um, Yeah. How you you actually get them from a village in um, Myanmar to Melbourne, Australia, um, and what that process, learning process, was like. Yeah. Now that was
1: like a logistical nightmare, but like in the best way possible because it was like such a challenge and, you know, like like no one had really done this before and, you know, they are like a rural village in the middle of nowhere and, you know, that village that I was talking about earlier, you know, they're five and a half hours from a main city, but like the main city that doesn't have a port. So, you know, we looked into shipping and we looked into flight And flight was definitely a no-go because that was extremely expensive. And, um, you know, we kind of figured that shipping them would be the best option. But then we had to get them from the villages in the middle of nowhere, like five and a half hours plus probably another two days' drive away from the port. Mm. And what we ended up doing was organising little pickup trucks and, Yeah, so a little pickup truck would go into the village and um, collect the baskets that were then packed into, like, rice sacks. So that's kind of the best way that they thought, to pack them and protect them and, you know, secure the load. And then that pickup truck would go to the big bus station, which, you know, they would all be loaded onto this massive truck. And then that big truck would drive to Yangon, where the port was. So that was logistically very hard to organise but mm. but yeah, we, we got there and mm. it worked and I think, you know, mm. um, back in the day they were using horse and carts so, mm. <laughs> you know, like um, I guess we were we're lucky enough to, you know, be in an age where there are little pickup trucks um, but it also creates jobs for all those people along the way like, you know, mm. the people that pack the sacks, like that was a job for them, that's for their day packing sacks, you know, the people that are driving creates jobs for them. And then organising the shipping to Australia was crazy because, you know, we were like, how, how do we even have to find a contact that will accept our baskets and then somehow get them on a ship and get them to Australia? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we just kind of, I guess, a lot of research and that's, that's my biggest, you know, mm. um, point is that you have to do your research particularly if it's not something you know nothing about so I think you know that first trip to Myanmar we actually came home first and you know we did our order and then we came home first and then we had a couple of months before the baskets were ready um to figure out how we were going to get them here mm-hmm. um, and yeah we have ended up finding a really great shipping lady in Melbourne who um had contacts in Myanmar and you know so she could directly contact this company in Myanmar and organize things through him and mm. you know when we went back to Myanmar a few months later we actually went to Yangon and met him as well and just building relationships i guess it's like we could have never have pulled it off mm. without meeting such like you know helpful people or mm. yeah just doing mm. your research really like something that seemed completely impossible was achievable and Mm. yeah so Mm.
0: yeah that's awesome that's something I've found so fascinating about what you guys have done because you know if you if you get things made in Bali or India there's a lot more supply chains along the way and I think that you yeah you've, you've definitely um done something that not not a whole lot of people are doing in that sense
1: uh, yeah, absolutely. We kind of had to make it up and, you know, yeah. you know, make a new one and ask all the right questions and,
0: yeah, yeah look, it worked. So that's lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so let's just maybe take in a, go in a little bit of a different direction. I'm thinking um, just around the, the repurpose aspect of Pali. And I know that there's some other ways that you think about sustainability in your in your business and making good decisions along the way. Um, do you want to touch on a few of those, Cass?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, once we kind of finally launched online, which was maybe eight months later, you know, we did a lot of research into what courier companies were going to use because we assumed, and we were correct, that if you just take um, boxes to the post office, they were going to be really expensive. Um, yeah, and we were right. So we knew there'd be a better way. And I found Sendal, which is a 100% carbon neutral courier company, which means that they offset all of their carbon emissions from all of their driving and delivery, which is amazing. And I'm like, that's great. I'm passionate about the environment and that kind of idea. And so that's kind of where we started. And I guess also You know, another little hurdle for us, which, you know, kind of accidentally initiated a green eco thinking moment was where are we (laughs) going to get boxes from? And, you know, I was like, well, I wonder where we can get packing boxes for the baskets, you know, without having to buy them new. And, you know, I would kind of drive past the back of Chemist Warehouse all the time. And they had these, like, <laughs> big prescription boxes that were always out the back. And, you know, so I'm like, I reckon they'd be really great. So we pretty much went into Chemist Warehouse and said, hey, you know those boxes? I mean, so the boxes out the back, like, do you think that we could take them? And they were like, yeah, no worries. Like, you know, we get a, you know, we put them out the back every Thursday. You know, they're all yours if you want them. And we're like, this is great. Like you know, it's, they would have just gone to recycling otherwise. And, mm. you know, so that was step one. And so now kind of fast forwarding a bit, a bit of time, um, we get boxes from everywhere now, like, you know, a few cafes and um, yeah, just, just kind of everywhere. We've got a few places that we get boxes from. So I don't think we've ever paid for a box, which is awesome. Even secondhand storage boxes are great um yeah Yeah. because I was like it's important to me to kind of reuse boxes and if there's all this cardboard going in the recycling bin that kind of you know we can use that and then I guess the next hurdle was um thinking about packing tape and you know we started off using that standard packing tape until it was almost like a light bulb moment one day I was like oh my gosh that packing tape's actually plastic and I'm like that is like that goes against everything that you know we're kind of trying to do is like single-use plastic like So with a lot of research, a lot of Googling, um, I found this water-activated tape, which is awesome because it's like brown in colour, so, you know, it blended into the boxes quite nicely. Um, And with water, it becomes sticky, so it's kind of like a roll of paper almost. Um, And we found it to be really strong, but it can also be recyclable with your boxes, which I guess is the other thing. It's like we want our customer, when they receive our you know our basket to be able to just go hey i can just put this whole box in the recycling bin you know instead of putting the box in the recycling bin covered in plastic tape and you know essentially that's contaminated so i think it's mm. about thinking about every every part of the process and you know what impacts that can that's going to have and mm. You know, you mm. don't have to have all the answers straight away. I think, mm. like you know, some of these decisions kind of came to us as we went along, and like that's okay. You know, just always trying to be better and mm. come up with a better solution.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what struck me about when you're you're telling your story about how um, about Parley, and then the way that you describe those little processes in your business is that it actually is such a learning journey, and that people, I think people can stop um, or yeah or pr- Um, hold back from from trying something because, you know, they want the perfect sustainable business or they want the perfect this or that. But actually, you really do need to to start and and you will figure things out along the way as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, like um, that transcends into anything too. Like I know that I launched the website much earlier than I wanted to because, you know, mum hustled right up in The newspaper, and I'm like, No, I'm not ready. Like, you know, the website isn't looking perfect. And, you know, obviously, we're busy doing other things. And the day rolled around, and it was being published in the paper, and the website wasn't perfect in how I wanted it. And that's the best thing that has ever happened because it just Mm. like we got Mm. so many orders out of it. And Mm. what I realized from that learning curve is like, if that hadn't have happened. Like who knows when I would have launched the website. Like, you know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I would have maybe for months like gone on and been like, oh, it's not ready, it's not ready, it's not perfect, and we would have been a few months behind. So that's super important, I think, Mm. just like and that's been a learning curve for me, like just throw yourself in the deep end and then you can edit and refine later, like just go for it and, you know, nothing can be perfect in the beginning. Otherwise, like what's the fun, like, Mm. you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and your I mean, your social media now is so it's so good. And um and your website and, and the, the overall branding of Pali. And I wonder, you know, I, I do see a lot in the kind of sustainable eco space and, and actually everywhere really, like branding can be really difficult for a lot of people. And I, I guess why do you think that Pali, particularly your your Instagram, like it's it's grown faster than in that shorter space of time then I've seen so many brands grow. And I, I, I think it's really, yeah, interesting. Like, why do you think that Pali resonates with people so much? What do you think it is?
1: Well, I think, you know, we, when, you know, after that first trip to Myanmar, we, you know, were discussing going backwards and forwards and then like, okay, this is really happening. Like, what do we envision and what do we want from this? And, you know, a few things that were coming to mind was, you know, talking about brand values, I guess, is like ethical, um, you know, being honest, being transparent, being personable, being trusting, you know, and being sustainable, I guess. And, you know, that kind of set the foundation for us. It's like, this is what we really want to achieve. And, you know, we spent a lot of time developing our brand and, you know, we didn't rush into it. We were extremely patient with ourselves and very overwhelming at the start because, you know we just, we just didn't want to mess it up. It's like, we've got this beautiful, amazing product. It's just like, you know, we want to make sure that we execute it the best we can. And also, you know, like, you know, tell our story to, you know, our audience the best we can, you know, because it's mm. not just a, it's not, a, you know, reuse or recycled plastic basket. It's like, it's got this whole story behind it, which is, you know, the the villages in Myanmar and, you know, even just the rubbish problem in Myanmar and, yeah the whole thing that comes with that so i think going back to how our social media has grown like i guess is because you know i made a pretty solid decision from the start to try and tell our story as much as possible and you know also yeah just paint paint the picture and um i guess you know i guess going back to the whole reuse thing like single use plastic bags i think we were just in line with the with the plastic bag ban um Mm. two years ago yeah so timing was perfect because we're like okay we have a solution which is ethical it's supporting communities in Myanmar um it's sustainable because you know I guess obviously the materials like sometimes reused and recycled that's a point that I can get to later but they're durable and long-lasting and like compared to like single-use plastic bags which you know single use for a reason I guess and not durable at all so it's like it was the perfect solution at the perfect time and like we were there and we were passionate to you know about telling Mm. our story and Mm. so I guess with all that in mind like you know I did a lot of posts with like fruit and veg and you know the baskets kind of sell themselves which we're lucky about too but Mm. you know a lot of village shots as well and I'm like these baskets come from here you know as opposed to just a product it's just like no there's a story behind
0: it you know Mm, mm. yeah absolutely I think that that's that it's just so different to when you see um, products that are whether it's eco or whatever they are that uh, seem like they're photos that are taken directly from the drop shipping kind of um, archive via Shopify or something like that and it just doesn't feel right and I think what you know Pali is just that far ahead in, in that sense because there's just so much humanity about it, so much authenticity and um and it's doing it is recycling and repurposing this plastic and supporting a community. So I mean that's all really powerful stuff that resonates with people.
1: That's a thing, and I think we're in a generation now where it's just like, you know, we are becoming more, you know, eco conscious, like, you know, arguably yeah. way too late. But I feel like it is this huge movement which is coming through right now, which is awesome. Like I find that, you know, people are starting to make more conscious decisions.
0: Mm, Cool. Um, Yeah, so in terms of social media, what what would you say then to someone that's wanting to build their social media, um, like, you know, rapidly, which is what everyone wants. <laughs> well yeah, what, have like, you, what have you learned? Like Ten tips. <laughs> 10
1: yeah, t- tips social media rapidly. Um, I think for me, the biggest, 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 biggest tip is to know your audience and like who are you talking to, and like you know what are you trying to say, or like why why do they need your product? Um, and like for us, for example, you know we kind of found out by doing you know automatic posts like automatic audience um sponsored posts that um males just had very low engagement like three percent of males were looking at the posts as opposed to 97 percent and you know the age demographic which we could have guessed anyway but kind of falls between you know late 20s to you know 60s even you know but female only so i think we took away from that data that okay, males don't really buy our baskets. Like, not saying never because, like, occasionally they will at the market, but um, females between the ages of, you know, late 20s to 60s is our target market. And, okay, cool, we'll promote to them. And that's what we did, you know. So we also noticed that from, like, kind of organic growth from going to markets and things that – that we had a lot of followers from Victoria and it's like, okay, we want to talk to people all around Australia now. So, you know, I'm like, I'm going to set up a sponsored post, um, aged 27 to 65 female only in what city did I just say? (laughs) Perth. Um, (laughs) yeah. So like figure out who, who you want to target specifically, not just everyone, because not everyone's going to be into, you know, your product or, you know, whatever your idea is, like have a think, you know. It might Mm. be, if it is a much smaller demographic, like a much smaller age group and, you know, gender-specific or interest-specific, that's actually really great because the smaller your demographic, you know, the more, you know, power you have to talk to them, you know. Mm. So I think Mm. really, really think about that, like what, you know, who, who, is your, who is your demographic and then also what are you trying to say and what are your brand values? And I think if you can portray all those in one nice package, then you're onto a winner.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, that's awesome. What, um, what do you think, like, you know, for someone that's starting out and um, whether they're starting their own business or they're branding for someone or they're, they're just starting to think about ideas or what, what are some of the things or tips that you would give to a young budding green entrepreneur?
1: (laughs) I guess, um, have a think about, you know, what you're passionate about or, you know, what you would really love to do and, you know, what you would wake up, you know, every morning thinking about, or like go to bed thinking about like, you know, what really makes you tick and like, what are you passionate about? Or, you know, how can you use whatever you're passionate about, um, you know, in what you're doing and, you know, what's going to challenge you, what's going to be exciting, you know, what can you learn, you know, like, I think that Mm. that's, that's a really good place to start, you know, because I don't think that, you know, I feel like if you're thinking down that track, like, you know, all the the ideas will come to you, you know, but I think there's nothing worse than doing something in that you're not passionate about. And yeah, going back to what we were saying before, like it sounds so cliche, but like, it's so true. Like I, you know, I only just quit my cafe job at the start of the year. So I'm like, I was working overdrive. Like I was working two jobs for, you know, a year and a half and I'm like, I didn't care because I'm like, I loved what I do, you know, mm. I love, I love, love, mm. love, love what I do. Um, so it's <laughs> like, yeah, it didn't feel like work, even though I was exhausted because I just woke up and I was driven. So I'm like, Mm. yeah, find out what you're passionate about. And, you know, did I think I'd be selling baskets? Like, absolutely not. But like, I'm not surprised that I've kind of fallen into something that involves travel because that's what's really passionate to me and, you know, the environment I'm passionate about. And Mm. I guess, helping people like I've realized in the last two years like the power and impact that you can have from like just something that seems so small so I'm like I've taken a turn and I'm like all I want to do is help people now so I guess Mm. you know
0: Mm.
1: it might not come to you straight away but just yeah
0: have Mm. a think and Mm. Okay, um, crazy basket lady. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming along to the podcast as always. Um, I love talking with you and and learning about Pali and just um, picking your brain about the different ways you think about things. So, thank you so much for coming along. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Oh, the pleasure is all mine. It's been so fun. I've had such a great time. Um, always great to chat to you, Han.
0: <laughs> and I wondered whether you had three, what, what are your three little gems of wisdom or words to just sign off on for anyone that's listening?
1: I guess the biggest thing would be to throw yourself in the deep end. Like, you know, be, be comfortable with being uncomfortable and, you know, just, try new things and delve into things that you know nothing about, but also think about your passion and like passions, I guess, like what, what gets you excited, you know, like what, what makes you excited and like, you know, be, be patient and kind to yourself and just ride the wave and see what happens, you know, like set high expectations for yourself, but also low pressure, if you will, like, you know, don't, don't stress yourself out and break yourself trying to do something but also at the same time just you know dive head first it's that a bit of a contradiction but (laughs) yeah just go for it I think and try new things and if it doesn't work it doesn't matter like take you know take the learning as it comes, you know, because it's always great to learn things and, you know, onto the next thing or onto a different way of doing the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. just keep growing and going for it. Mm, so cool. Yeah, I think so. Like what did mum say? I was actually meant to mention what, um, what her, because I told her I was going to do this with you mm. and I'm just trying to think what she said because it was so funny, and then I completely forgot. She said, It's amazing what comes from an idea, adventure, and a bit of guts.
0: Mm.
1: I was like, Yes, mum, well said. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome.
0: And a nice place to end on. So thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, it's been so fun. There
1: yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you <ya. laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>